Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, welcome, friends, to the First Things First podcast. So thankful that you have decided to join us each week on the First Things First podcast. We have uh, amazing, exciting, interesting people who sit down with us and uh, share a little bit about their journey, uh, the journey that they've been on in their lives, journey uh, that they've been on in their relationship with the Lord. And this week, I'm very pleased that I get to have my friend Carrie Sarche here with us. So now when I say Carrie Sarche, though, I have to be more specific, don't I, Carrie? Yes, sir. <laughs> because there are two Carrie Sarches. So uh, this is Carrie Sarche, the male Carrie Sarche, who is married to Carrie Sarche, the female Carrie Sarche. So, uh, but male Carrie Sarche is the one who's joining me here today. Carrie is a longtime member of our church. He's been a maintenance person up here at our church and taking care of stuff. He's retired educator, but I'm going to let him tell you more about himself. So, Carrie, why don't you tell the people what they need to know about Carrie Sarche? Okay. Thank you, Brad. Um, I guess first off, I could say that um, I have two daughters. All right. Um, uh, they were both athletes and um, and band people. Yeah. So yeah. we we tried to get the well-rounded thing going. <laughs> um, Did they play? They were basketball, right? Basketball players? Uh, the oldest daughter played more basketball than the younger daughter. Okay. There wasn't quite as many opportunities because my youngest daughter, her class was full of really good basketball players, and they just really didn't have – enough room for but she was okay with that she played volleyball okay and then uh they were both in the band and the younger one uh wound up being the head drum major the year she graduated very so cool very cool it was neat yeah your younger daughter was there whenever it was plainview high school right mm-hmm. your younger daughter was there whenever they were on a string of state championships uh, there. yeah they both were part of that um and it went for a wow something like 80 some odd years uh, yeah. until recently. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was a year that there were a lot of bands that didn't do as well. So yeah, I, I yeah, don't know yeah. what the deal was, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're talking about bands. So like that, that was a, a string of 80 years of a one receiving a one in marching in marching band, which was, so the powerhouse of the planes, yeah. right? That's what the plane <laughs> be band. But yeah. I'm talking about basketball. They won like three straight, State yeah. championships, the, right? The right oldest daughter was in the last two state championships yeah. uh, of that uh, three-year run. And they went back the next year, her junior year, and they were finalists. Yeah. They, they got beat, but she went to she got to go to three state championship Man. tournament games. That was pretty cool. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah that uh, so uh, uh, Alicia Ellis... Uh, mm-hmm. was was there during that time, ended up playing at Texas Tech, was a great player for Texas Tech. Yes. And, then, and then the coach uh, at Wayland, head uh, mm-hmm. women's basketball coach at Wayland, and now is the coach at Angelo State, head women's basketball coach at Angelo State. Ah. So is doing really well. But I knew Alicia really well and talked to her all the time about those years in, uh, of, of women's basketball. Well, and a uh, really coincidental thing, I, I guess, um, the first year I went, well, 
Alicia was in it, was one of my sixth graders. Oh. I got to see her playing basketball as a kid, and yeah. and she was like three grades higher right. skill level than anybody <laughs> else. But great family. Her dad was a pastor, yep, yep. and uh, wonderful people, and the kind of quality people you like to see become coaches. Right, right. So you mentioned that you were uh, in education. You were mm-hmm. a, a teacher. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you what you did during your career as a teacher? Sure. Um, my first real job was running a fitness center and teaching in the PE department at Wayland Baptist. Okay. I was hired in uh, April of 19. 19- 83. Okay. And went to work for them and um, got to know Mark Adams, who was now the head yeah, coach at, Tech. at, at Texas Tech, and Rick Cooper, who's yeah. one of his assistants. Got to know all those guys. And um, anyway, uh, taught PE for them for a while. And um, under an unusual set of circumstances, Wayland wanted me to work on a terminal degree. Okay. I already had my master's degree from Texas Tech in sports health, uh-huh. and that covered that was a very broad based uh, degree. So uh, I said, "Okay, I'll try." Um, and the only thing I could come up with was to go into North Texas State, but they wanted me to quit my job, take a three year leave of absence, take some money from the General Convention of Texas, yeah, yeah. And, and go that route. And uh, we had just found out that we were expecting Rebecca, our first. Oh. And so we just refinanced our house because <laughs> it was uh, 86 was the year interest rates dropped like four and a half points. Right. And we we essentially cut our loan uh, length in half right. by refinancing. So financially, those were good moves, but I needed to find something else. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Actually, I put my um, application in with Plainview ISD. Del Brown, who was the principal at the Ash sixth grade campus, and it was an all sixth grade campus, uh-huh. was looking for a male PE teacher. And, and actually, I suspect he really wanted somebody to supervise bus duty in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could, That's I what got, happens with those PE I, teachers. I, I, got, I, I had about <laughs> 19 years experience uh, making sure kids didn't get run over in the bus lane. So anyway. <laughs> it's a very important it's, job, it's Carrie. A, it, yes, uh, but they had a good system, and we were able to serve that way. Yeah. So I uh, raised my family in Plainview. Um. It was uh, a time where we got to become part of the community when mm-hmm. we were members at First Baptist Church and um, uh, raised my kids, um, got to know lots of uh, people in the school district in Plainview, have many, many super good friends and associates and so forth. Uh, so... I, I taught sixth grade for 25 years. 17 of it was um, 17 of it was teaching PE, which was the bomb. Yeah, you get to play with kids and get down in the floor and show them how to do things, and it was a great way to connect. And I'd always felt like God had braid uh, had uh, wired my brain 
to be able to communicate with kids. Right. In fact, I first found out when I graduated from high school, I drove a school bus for Borger ISD. Yeah, yeah. And my regular route was all middle school kids. Oh, boy. And I loved it. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things that's what I was wired for. Mm -hmm. And so still running into kids that I taught yeah. years ago. And, that's cool. And it, it's a wonderful thing. That's cool. So uh, a lot of years in education. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, so, so what, what were the factors that made you decide, Hey, it's time for me to put that down? Well, um, a couple of things. Um, my oldest daughter graduated in 2005 and we, we really experienced a family tragedy. Mm. Um, and, um, it had to do with their mom. Yeah. Um, in the fall of 2003, she had a lung collapse. Wow. And we didn't know what it was. Uh, the doctor thought she might have been having some heart issues, mm-hmm. so got her to the hospital. And through a series of exams and so forth, uh, we came to find out that she had ovarian cancer. Wow. And uh, went to a doctor here in Lubbock named Eddie Richards, and super good guy. He was the right man for the job because mm-hmm. the first thing he did when he told Donna that he thought it was cancer was he said, can I pray for you? Yeah, right. And uh, we, I gave my life to Christ when I was 11 years old uh, in Borger, Texas. That's where I grew up. And Paul Burleson was the pastor. And um, just one of those things that my mom and dad weren't really involved in church very much. Um, but when I was like three years old, they had me in church and, right. uh, got to hear the name of Jesus. And that really had an impact on my life. Cause I never really thought about it until later in my life as I decided uh, to go to church and try to find out more. It, it wasn't me seeking God. Yeah. It was the Holy spirit drawing me in. Right. And, um, I had this question that I, even as a kid, I wanted to find out it, that if God really is my creator, I need to know about him. Mm-hmm. And I need to find out what if this is real. Yeah. And so through a process of friends and um, people at church, um, the Holy Spirit tugged at my heart mm-hmm. and I made a confession of faith. And I walked down uh, as, a, as an adolescent, a preteen. And uh, knew that all the burdens that I was placing on myself, God freed me from that. Right. He forgave me of my sins. And it was just the greatest moment of joy. Right. That a kid could experience. That's for sure. Uh-huh. And uh, I knew it was real. Yeah. And, uh, that's and that was when, when you were 11. That was right. when I was 11 years yeah. old. Um, and we continued through life and so forth. Well, uh, while I was in Borger, I uh, met this young girl that was the same age as my sister. And mm-hmm. we had done some play productions together. And uh, I was the lead in my junior play. Well, it turned out she was the lead in her junior play. And we'd worked on sets together and so forth. <clears throat> and I married her. Her name was Donna Haygood. Yeah. And um, thought... You know, she's all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to check this lady out. Yeah. And, yeah. and so a f- 
few years later, when I was at Frank Phillips College, we became engaged. Yeah. It was in 1977. We were married the next summer, uh, finished Hardin-Simmons, and then went to Tech. And she was a business major, and she got her master's degree in business at uh, Texas Tech. Yeah. We both came from Texas Tech um, and got our jobs at Wayland. She mm-hmm. was an accounting instructor. And so anyway... Fast forward, we had two, two kids, two girls. They're about four, four and a half years apart. Um, and we're motoring right along. And my oldest daughter is in her junior year. Mm-hmm. And we find out her mom got sick and had cancer. And so uh, it was almost like a train wreck. Yeah. Um, feeling lost, not, not knowing what's going to happen next. We were always hopeful. Dr. Richards was fabulous uh, as far as giving us hope. Uh, six chemo treatments and you'll be good. Yeah. And we trusted him. Yeah. Um, the particular issue was she had three treatments and then her blood crashed. Mm. And so they were giving her the hemopoietic drugs, the ones that help you produce more blood and so forth. And they changed her regimen from one big dose every three weeks to three doses of in a row of half a dose, which she was actually getting more chemotherapy, but yeah, it apparently wasn't strong enough. And she lived a, a total of about 20 months. Wow. Um, and in the midst of that whole ordeal, um, the doctors were trying to keep her um, small intestines open and working and mm. so forth because the cancer really acts like, well, if you can imagine um, a wheelbarrow with water hose tangled up in it mm-hmm. and then you pour cement in it and add water, yeah, it literally locks everything in place and digestion is disrupted and so forth. So. Um, she had a particular surgery to keep her intestines open. And after the surgery, the doctor came up to me and he said, Carrie, this really isn't good. It's spread through her gut. And, um, and I was really torn up. Rebecca was in, um, she was in Amarillo playing volleyball against Palo Dura. Okay. And so she was with the volleyball team and, um, I, I was really emotional, broke down and cried and was searching my heart. For some reason, I didn't feel like I could ask God why. Right. I was reserving that. Yeah. But, John, uh, God led me to be reading John chapter nine in my Bible that night up, up at the hospital And it's the story where Jesus and the disciples are walking along and they come across a man who was blind. Right. And um, the disciple said, "Uh, okay, Jesus, who's at fault here? Is it, did this guy sin or was it his parents' sin? And Jesus essentially said, there's no one to blame here. Yeah. This man was made to glorify God. Right. And the Holy Spirit grabbed my heart and said don't fret donna's life was not in vain she glorified me yeah and i felt great comfort and peace and what a way for god to speak to you through his scripture sure yeah and and, you know those things that really step out and there are times 
you can read the same verses over and over and over, but for some reason on certain days, it means something different. Yeah, absolutely. And that was how it was different for me. So we got the word out. I got home that night in back in Plainview and my church was at my house. Wow. Praying for me. Yeah. Um, They really showed me what the fellowship and the body and believers, they actually were Christ's hands and feet for me. I mean, there were times where they mowed my yard. They watched my girls so I could be at the hospital with Donna so she wouldn't feel like she was alone. alone. Right. And that's what I felt God had called me to do. Yeah. To um, testify to his goodness and to be his feet to my wife right at that time so uh she passed away on july 4th of 2005 which is very ironic because she was a big history buff yeah she was great friends with dr estelle owens yeah at wayland and they took trips together uh in the deep south because they were both uh very good genealogists okay and um so i thought it was very fitting that because of her uh social sciences uh hobby yeah uh, that she would uh, pass away on our country's birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so pretty neat. So, so uh, how long was that after the after that surgery that you were talking about? Did she ever come home from the hospital from uh, having that surgery? Yeah, she came home. Uh, but at that time, Lubbock didn't really have a hospice set up. Right. And so, um, she was home most of the time, and I we got to take her to her chemotherapy treatments and so forth. But as the cancer progressed, she Mm. became more and more dependent on a hospital bed. Sure. And so for the, I know the last six weeks of 2004, no, it was 2005. I, um, people donated, um, time from their sick leave to my account right so I could spend all my time with my wife yeah and what a blessing that is I mean what a gift yeah and these are people that weren't necessarily in church they were friends from work sure and people in our school district Uh, but that's one thing that is a hallmark of this area of the country people are giving they understand Mm. they're considerate uh, but most of all, they believe in Christ, and yeah. we, we may be the buckle of the Bible Belt, but that you know, there are some wonderful benefits. Yeah, because people love Christ around here. Yeah, no doubt. No. So talk talk a little bit about, you know, you you shared a little bit about you know how the Lord spoke to you, mm-hmm. you know, um, whenever your your wife's diagnosis came through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, and you said that the question why that you weren't supposed to ask it then, right? So, but but I'm assuming that you did at some point. Well, I, I always wondered, but God has given me the answer. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't just that uh, my first wife honored God in her life, and I knew she was a Christian and she was saved, and she was ultimately healed. Right. Uh, but for me, it was the same thing that Job dealt with in the book of Job. Mm. And that was that the Jews during the book of Job, or 
that the people around Job, their whole deal was, well, if you're living right, God's going to bless you. Sure. And Job had everything taken away. Right. And so we we need to learn from that that God is sovereign. He's immutable. He does not change. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that circumstance, Job grew in his faith. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I've always believed since 11 that, that Jesus was my Savior. Right. But I was moving from belief into faith. Right. And that was the big growth for me was the tragedy in my life. Yeah. Um, and I can only give Jesus the credit for that. Uh, it's those things in life that we trust God to take care of us in that allows us to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, when you have surrendered your heart and your life to Christ, mm-hmm. so you've made this decision that, you know, that, that your life belongs to him, you know, yes. mm-hmm. and you've asked him to live his life out through you, right? That's which is what Christianity is. It's us laying ourselves down before him. Oh. Um, so when we do that, right, then, then when we, when we encounter moments like this, I mean, there's a little bit of a test because, you know, what you want to do, we, you know, our flesh, what we want to do is pick everything back up and be like, I've, I'm, I've got to take control of this situation or yeah. whatever. But um, we grow whenever we can go back to it. No, I remember, I remember when I surrendered my life to you. And I, I did that because I know that you love me and I know that you're good. Yes. yes. And I'm going to trust that even in this moment. Yeah. You know, and when we do, we'll, we see the goodness of God. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he displays his goodness and his mercy and his love for us even through that. But, but there's a, but there is a point in that where it's, it's an act of will. It's, you know, yeah. I will believe this about God because I've experienced this in the past. I'm going to believe it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and God still continues to take care of me. Um, yeah. even today, I mean, Rebecca, my oldest daughter, um, she was a senior, right? And her mom didn't get to be at the, her graduation. We had to uh, videotape it and yeah. take it to her and play it for her, right? Because she was uh, bound in a hospital bed. Because well, within that was just a few weeks. Yeah. Within four weeks, she was, or really, is less than yeah, about four weeks, and she was uh, she had passed away. So. Right. And Rachel was an eighth grader. She just finished her eighth grade year. Boy, talk about having a new normal. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rebecca went to college. Their mom had passed away. We had gone from a house of four to a house of two. two. And I had to, it was just, I had to trust God to get me through every day till things, till we kind of figured out what we wanted to do mm. with what was left. Yeah. So, so it, if you could, I, I think it might be helpful to hear about like how you walked through this with your children. Like, um, how did that go? And what did you see the Lord? How, what did the Lord teach you as you were doing that? How did you see the Lord at work in their lives as you walked through all this stuff? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, my oldest daughter, Rebecca, was an active member in the youth group. Right. And so she had a great, great support. I mean, even while her mom was sick, the football team wore ribbons or sure, tape yeah. with her mom's initials on it and and uh, went through that through, I mean, every sport. 
yeah basketball both uh boys and girls basketball at the high school and the volleyball everybody that knew us mm-hmm. uh, prayed for us and that was a blessing rebecca always seemed to have a hard time understanding yeah why it happened and i i get that mm-hmm. um but uh, we've had some conversations where we have to remember that God is who he is. He's mm-hmm. sovereign, and he knew that God, uh, Donna was going to die. Right. And um, and that he was going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. And so we just had to trust him. And so now for Rachel, she was very tenderhearted. Uh, and she was four years younger. She just hung on to me. Right. And we had conversations and she'd ask questions. And I mean, she was the kid that was, Dad, how come this is this? And yeah. Dad, why don't we do that? And, yeah. uh, you know, the hundred questions <laughs> yeah. constantly yeah. all day long. She was that one for me. Uh, um, but it helped us to grow closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the three of us. Um, Rebecca was having to let go because she was 18 already. Uh, but she needed to know that she always had a place and someone to talk to and a place Mm -hmm. to be. And, and we still have that relationship. Yeah. Um, even though she's living in Alaska right now, we get some great (laughs) videos of fishing and hunting and stuff. So I guess they're living their dream and, and, and that's awesome. Yeah. That's how it should be. Uh, Rachel, um, has been the biggest surprise, um, being tender hearted and not sure of what kind of relationship she wanted when she was dating guys in college and right. things like that until she met the guy she eventually married. And, and it was really funny because here she is at Hardin Simmons as a communications major. And she decides to go with some of her friends to hang out, uh, at a place where, some Air Force guys were hanging out yeah. because of Dice Air Force Base. Right. And that's where she met Josh, her husband. <laughs> and gosh, uh, she did good. I mean, <laughs> bo- both my both girls did. Did, did well and yeah. suits their personalities. Uh, Rachel, I w- was always worried because I wasn't sure she liked kids. Yeah, right. And she's the one that has the most kids. <laughs> she's got three hairy-legged boys. <laughs> and... Um, so anyway, and they're on their way to Oklahoma probably, yeah. as we speak. Probably. Yeah, they start. Yeah. They started moving today from um, Spokane, Washington. He's being um, uh, given a new assignment as a um, KC-135 pilot instructor. And so he'll have a three year tour and we won't have kids 24 hours away. Yeah. That'd be nice. We'll have them three and a half <laughs> hours away. At least somebody's close. Right. <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. But, but so, so, so in walking through this with your children, right. You kind of got to see their different personalities sure. interact and also kind of the age that they were. It makes it, you know, mm-hmm. it's obviously it lands on them really different, you know, depending on, on what, what age they are. But I guess, so in the process of all of that, that's whenever you decided that you needed to make a change in your career. Was it kind of involved? Was that part of the decision-making that was going on at that time? As, as far as my career, um, I had had a knee injury in 1984 where I Mm -hmm. tore an ACL in my my right leg. Well, I had, um, let me see if I can spit it out. Uh, (laughs) 
carbon fiber reconstruction of the ACL on my right knee. And it okay. was kind of experimental. They went through this process where they use part of the iliotibial band and they drill a hole through yeah. various bones and they essentially make you a new ACL. Okay. With and carbon fibers. Yeah. And the carbon fibers, what they do is they'll, they'll grow one new cell or fiber, the length of the carbon fiber from the tendon mm-hmm. and it'll make a new ACL and it'd be wow. a lot stronger and, and it was great. It was, it was successful, but the doctor said it's going to take you about 20 years and you'll wear the cartilage out of your knee. Right. So I got to where, uh, it hurt too much to run and yeah. get out. So I moved into, uh, the science classroom and taught sixth grade science for a couple of years. And then God led me to become a special ed teacher where I was an inclusion and content mastery teacher. Yeah, wow. I did that for four and a half years. And then I thought, you know, before you quit teaching, cause I was getting close to my magic number. Yes. Yeah. Where I could re- retire. Uh, maybe you ought to teach biology, which is what you majored in. in yeah. college. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, I got a job teaching biology at Plainview High School and was yeah. able to finish out my career and life was good. Yeah. Um, retired in 2012. Uh, I was 55, or I turned 55, 56 later that year. Uh, got my knee replaced, and mm. it's been 10 years. And wow. the knee's fabulous. Good. It doesn't hurt, doesn't swell, none of that. But, you know, in this that transition time uh, when I was getting ready to retire, um, Donna had been gone a couple of years. Yeah. And I got an e-harmony because a friend of mine from um, church said, you need to be happy. And yeah. And I, I appreciated that comment from her. Um and I thought, well, you know, I really do like marriage. It's for me, it's like being in comfortable shoes. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so it's something I want to be be involved in part of. Well, and your girls were OK by this time. Like, you know, your oldest daughter graduated. Right. Your yeah, youngest daughter was, was like sophomore. Would, well, by the time she graduated from high school and we got married the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she was we were all about two, two years past Donna's. Right. Or two and a half years when I started looking for another you, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. When you even were yeah. able to think about it. Yeah. 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 So I get on eHarmony at the suggestion of my good friend from church and you give the profile and you do the thing and they start finding matches for you. Well, I get this match for a lady in shallow water named Carrie. <laughs> and I thought, she's six feet tall. I need to check this lady out. Yeah. Well, and if you, if you were listening closely, uh, friends to the first of the podcast, you already know how this story is. So, <laughs> so, but, but you had to check her out. Six did, feet tall. Her name's Carrie. Her name's Carrie. She's in shallow water. Uh, a couple of things I didn't know. Um, well, I knew that when you get a match, you get a first name only. Okay. And a city. Yeah. Well, you set up a, a series of interview questions you pick from a set and you send them off. Well, I waited a week and I didn't get a reply. Yeah. And this button came up on my screen that says nudge. 
So okay. that, that's what I did. I yeah. clicked the button. And a couple of days later, I get a an email from my cousin, John, who lives here in Shallwater. Okay, his, all right. His wife, Jenny, just retired as a teacher here. And he says, hey, cuz, there's a lady in our church who says she's an eHarmony compatible match with you. <laughs> if you would like to contact her, this is her email address and um, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. And I thought, how strange. How random. Yeah, because it, it didn't have anything to do with eHarmony. So yeah. uh, what had happened was, I guess when I pushed the button, it gave Carrie my last name. Okay. Well, she couldn't reply because she'd been on eHarmony for about three years. Yeah. And she hadn't paid any money because she couldn't find a match that yeah, suited her. Yeah, so she was kind of done with it. She could see who was yeah. coming up in her feeds. Yeah. So she goes over to John and Jen and says, hey, do you know this Carrie Sarche in Plainview? Well... She went over and got dirt on me. Went, yeah. went, went to look at uh, went to look at uh, family reunion photos yeah, and all, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And so um, we started texting each other. And yeah. Rachel decided she wanted to go shopping at the mall. And this was December eighth of two thousand three. Okay. And uh, they say if you want to date knee harmony you meet in a public place and sure. so forth so i thought okay we can do that so i called her uh after we'd been emailing a while and finally exchanged uh phone numbers uh said rachel's wanting to go shopping christmas shopping would you like to join us and she said yes so and this is a really hilarious story because um she said i'll call you when i get there and yeah i said okay so Rachel and I got there a little early and I'm kind of task oriented. I want to get things done while I'm there. And so I said, Rachel, here's some money, go into Victoria's secret and get your sister a gift card. Cause there's no way I'm, gonna, I'm going in there. Uh, yeah. uh, no, I'm not going in there. And I don't know what my, your sister, your, uh, the, um, the sister that's, um, hard to manage yeah uh, yeah yeah and so um she starts walking in there well she's about halfway there and my phone rings and says hey carrie i'm in jc penny where can i find you yeah. and i thought oh no she, <laughs> she's gonna, gonna think say? i'm a creeper <laughs> so uh i said as quick as i could i said i just sent rachel in to get a gift card at victoria's secret for her sister and, yeah yeah and, and I, you get the, the whole list of kind of kind of a pause on the line, and she said, "Okay, okay, I'm J.C. Penney's. I'll head that way." Yeah. Well, I could see her coming. She's head and shoulders taller than everybody else walking right. down the mall, and I'm thinking, "Oh golly!" But she came up, was very gracious. She went shopping with us, so she helped us, and we we uh, decided to go to Red Lobster afterwards, and All we right. sat down and had a meal and. Uh, spent at least an hour and a half maybe even two hours just chatting and so forth and I got to the end of the conversation and I said I really have enjoyed getting to meet you um can I ask you out again and she said yes really quickly okay <laughs> that's thought, good that's positive yeah yeah uh, so Carrie winds up uh about 18 months later marrying Carrie yeah yeah and uh 
our our kids are all stair-stepped. It's my oldest and Carrie's oldest, then Rachel, and then Carly. Yeah. And so they're all stair-stepped within about four years, five years of each other in age. And um, that was a fun supper when our kids got to got be Because yeah. our two firstborn just sat there and chatted it up the whole time. When right. The other two sat there just kind of looking around like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So. The extroverts and the introverts. So, as I look back now, God had His hand in it in a wonderful way. Right. Um, there are not many men that can say they've gotten to share love with two great Christian women. Right. And I have. Yeah. And um, God has blessed me, even in the tragedy of my first wife's death. Uh, it's providing for me and my life right now. Mm -hmm. Um, God's blessed us in a way that I've been able to build, carry her dream home. Sure. Yeah. And I got to share in that and do some things for our kids and for her kids. And, uh, I just remember the day I married Carrie, I told, um, Carrie's kids that I would love their mother and I would take, uh, as good a care as I could. And I made a promise to them and, yeah. and they're wonderful. Yeah. Super good kids. And now they've got great families and, uh, Carrie's hairy legged son has the only granddaughter of the whole group of, of the whole kids. bunch. So <laughs> we're blessed. God has taken care of me through every stage of my life and reminded me, uh, that he is my God. Yeah. And um, I probably don't work as hard as I need to, to make sure people know that. But uh, I drive a school bus here in shallow water, mainly because they needed a driver, but I miss kids. That's what God wired my brain for. Right. And I've got kids on my bus that have learned that it's okay to talk to an adult Mm -hmm. and that I really am an okay guy. And yeah, and they're they're who I consider my ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, I know I've uh, the junior high had the Gideons up here this uh, spring, and they were passing out New Testaments. And one of the kids on my bus said, really proud of his New Testament, mm. and so that gave me an opportunity to say you know this, that this book is about Jesus and him coming to save you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, and so forth. And so we're starting those conversations. Yeah, and yeah. Um, they kn- I think they know I'm a straight shooter. Sure. And so the eight years that some of these kids have been riding my bus, they've come to trust me. Yeah. And um, so that's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's another place that God's blessed me in, in being able to say, you know, there's more to life than what you just see. Right. And that there is a creator that has you in mind Mm -hmm. and he created you for himself. And he knew we weren't going to be able to save ourselves. So he provided salvation through his son, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) So if uh, what's going on like right now in your relationship with the Lord, what do you feel like God is teaching you, you know, about himself, about yourself? You know, what do you feel like you're learning right now? Um, this has been an unusual summer cause I just had a shoulder replaced yeah. <laughs> and I really can't do a whole lot, but, um, it's giving me time to 
spend more time in God's word. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I'm kind of task oriented, like I said earlier, but I found that a Bible app that narrates. Yeah. And I can work out at the same time. There you go. And, but, um, and Carrie and I have done something that I think is fabulous for, for our personal discipleship. Um, We have uh, memory cards Mm -hmm. and we have days of the week. Like we have the present card in a card file that we're working on right now. Right. And then there's odd and even. So one of us is going to be odd and the other is going to be even. Mm -hmm. So we have memory cards for those. Then we have the days of the week and then we have the days of the month. So we get, we get to recite the new one that we're working on. Yeah. Plus whoever's day it is to do the odd or even. Right. And then if, if it's Monday. Yeah, there's one, there's one. And so we, we have to quote the new one without being prompted. Okay. All right. Cause that's the one we're working on. And then they get the other one gives us the reference and we quote it. Mm. And, um, Wow, I can't believe in the in the 13 years of our marriage we've got 85 cards, um, and most of them have two verses or more. Right. Uh, there's a couple of one-liners. Yeah. But uh, to be able to be in God's word like that, and to know in your heart and your mind that this is the standard. Right. And to know that God's the only one that can give us the strength to accomplish it. Sure, sure. And that goes a long way in helping us in our faith. So that's where we are right now is continuing to cement God's word in our hearts and our minds. Yeah, there's, I mean, you can read it, you know, but internalizing it is a a different thing. It's a whole different animal. So, and, and you, you know, part, a big part of your story is about the Lord really revealing himself and his will to you through a passage of scripture, yes. you know, mm-hmm. where, where he just told you, hey, look, you have peace about this, right? I, you know, I, my, my glory is, is happening right now, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's all going to be okay. And, and you received that word from him through, through scripture. So, um, so internalizing all of that and making scripture a big part of your life is something that you know the value of it, right? You've experienced it. And, and what it. a piece. Yeah. Uh, being able to sit back and say, okay, God, I want to hold mm. on to this, but I know it's not good for me. So, okay, here you go. Yeah. You can have it. And just to be able to be freed from that burden is right. just amazing. Well, it, you know, I I would say too that like, so the, there's there's this, power in scripture, you know, that, that, you know, when we go there, that, you know, there, we, we tell people all the time, you, you know, everything in your life, that the, the answers are in there, right? The, mm-hmm. the God has a plan for you. He wants to reveal himself to you, right? That all of it's in there. So there's, so there's that, right? You like you're, this particular circumstance that you're experiencing in your life that the Lord speaks to you through scripture. And so you get peace because you, you know, there's, a, there's an answer, right? There's this yes. thing that the Lord's saying for you to do, or he's telling you, but but some of the peace is just in knowing that the God of the cosmos wants to speak to you, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just <laughs> that the God and, of the cosmos wants to wants to reveal himself to you in some way. That's 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 crazy too. Yeah. Um, 
back to the old choir days in high school, what is man that you are mindful of him? I mean, right. we sang that. Yeah, right. In a public school. Yeah, right. No less. Yeah. And uh, what a great reminder of who God is. And, and even as powerful as he is, he has mercy on us through his son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wants a relationship with us. And there is nothing more joyful than knowing that the creator of everything that exists right loves me well and joy in the in the real sense of it you know yeah. so so the difference between happiness and joy is right happiness is rooted in our circumstances we yes. feel happy right when things are going well when we're having a great experience you know when we're experiencing success or yeah. when you know uh that's what happiness is but joy operates independently of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in relationship with God. Yes. And we can have joy even when we're going through soul-crushing grief and even when we're, you know, in the darkest of times. And you know what I mean? That, yeah. That, well, and I hope that uh, my story is one of encouragement right. to people from in the same circumstance. Um, because um, I've been there God was faithful to me. Yeah. And there are people that have not been there and they don't know that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just pray that uh, when people or if people hear this testimony that they'll be able to say, hey, God took care of him and grew his faith at the same time. And it was okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he had a different normal he had to go through, but God didn't abandon him. No way. Yeah. At all. Yeah. In fact, he blessed us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we're in a series right now called Overflow That's uh, where we're just going through Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. And when, when, this, when this podcast release releases, we will have just talked about on Sunday, um, even though I walk through... The dark valley of death, mm-hmm. I will fear no evil, because your rod and your staff are with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, uh, and so that's the that's the great thing about our relationship with God it, as our shepherd. I mean, he he's not just he doesn't just uh, protect us or help us when we're in times of need. He's actually with us in the dark valley of death. You know, and so for those of us who kind of we've been in the dark valley of death, you yeah. know. Um, that knowledge is kind of burned into our our souls, and that, those words from that psalm mean something different yes, to us, don't they? They do, um, and um, just so grateful and thankful that God's faithful. Yeah. Wow. Even to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know I'm a flawed person. Sure. Um, gosh, um, crazy life growing up, mom and dad we weren't sure they even liked each other and yeah. they were married 53 years. Uh-huh. And, uh, but we thought the fussing and the fighting was all normal because right. we, we hadn't had any other perspective. And, yeah. and I love my family, love, love my mom and dad. They just had some issues that they didn't have, didn't know how to deal with. Sure. And, um, and so my, instead of being a blameaholic, right. Uh, there's grace yeah, because they needed help and didn't know how to get it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And you, in your life, you've been able to, in spite of that, right. The, the, the Lord has put you in these positions to learn, grow, have not, 
one good marriage, but two great marriages, you know, so which uh, which is amazing and is the is the grace of God, you know, too at work in your life. That's awesome. Yeah, well, um, that's my story. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm well, sticking to it. Well, and I'm, I'll say this: so if if you're it, it, there's probably somebody who's listening to this, you yeah. know, who uh, who when we talk about the dark valley of death, right? They they feel like that's exactly where they are. That's how you, and I don't know what that looks like in a person's life. Maybe it actually looks like a, an illness, a terminal illness, sure. like the one that your wife was dealing with. Uh, uh, or maybe it looks like the, you know, the, the, you know, the end of, of a marriage, of, like a, you feel like your marriage has fallen apart. You mm-hmm. feel like you're in the dark valley of death. You know, yes. sometimes it's a, it could be a child that, uh, that is really making some self-destructive, harmful decisions. You don't know what to do. You feel like you're in the dark valley of death. So, um, I don't know what experiences people have that are out there listening, but I hope you've heard Carrie say that in those dark and painful moments that he experienced, he also experienced the presence of God, the, the, the very presence of God and the, and the love and the mercy and the peace of God, even in the midst of those really dark and painful circumstances. And that same presence of God, love of God, mercy of God, that same thing is available to anyone who's listening Amen. to this podcast today. Absolutely. So, uh, and God doesn't make it complicated for us to get to him, right? He's not, there's not a whole bunch of hoops that we have to jump through in order to experience his presence. You can experience it right now. If, if you just cry out to the Lord and say, God, I need you, you know, please rescue me in yeah. this moment. And, and, and what I know from experience, cause like you, I've been there too, right? Yes. What I know from experience is that the, the 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 spirit of God, the presence of God, shows up even in those dark places, and He doesn't. He's He's faithful to show up when we cry out to Him every time. So absolutely, His His rescue may not it may not always look like what we expect it to. In fact, in fact, I would say if you read Scripture, you you know His rescue never looks like what we expect. <laughs> I was clueless. Yeah, it's absolutely. Al- it's always a billion times better than what we expected, but it never looks like what we expect. His rescue never looks like what we yeah. expect it to. But, but his, but his mercy is coming. His love is coming. If you cry out to him, um, you can experience that as well. Just like, just like Carrie and I have, and so we want to encourage you to do that. There's a way that we, as a church, can help you mm-hmm. with that. We want to do that. You can, you can go to our website first, shallowwater.org. There's a link. The link to our website in the in the the description of this podcast episode. You can click on that um, and and contact us. Reach out to us. Uh, we would we would love to pray for you. We would love to minister to you any way that we can. And uh, and we're thankful that um, that God has used this conversation in some way, maybe to speak to you, and maybe to maybe to, to open up that that door of your heart to the 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 presence, the reality, the presence of the Lord. Um, so, uh, Carrie, thanks so much for, for joining me today. I, th- I feel like, you know, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we talked about today that, that, uh, that some folks needed to hear. So thanks for, well, thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. I know God has a purpose in that, all sure. those circumstances and yeah. we give him the glory for it. We do. Yeah. I mean, I remember talking to my niece, um, she's sitting next to her mom in hospice, mm-hmm. you know, and had been praying just fervently for healing for her mom, you know, and, and, but we were at the point now where we realized, okay, she's coming to come terms with the fact that hey, this is, yeah. um, this, there are hours maybe, you know, left. And, uh, and I remember sitting with her and I remember just telling her, 
you know, all of the, all, right from the very beginning, God created humans for relationship, unbroken communion with himself. Mm-hmm. And then we as humans, you know, we chose independence from him, right? We, yeah. um, we sinned, right? And that, and, that, and that sinfulness entered into our nature and into our being, and that's kind of who we are. Mm-hmm. Separated, it's broken communion. We, can, we have communion with God, but it's sometimes it's broken communion with God. That communion has been broken. And, and so that's what the whole story of Scripture is, is God in His Son Jesus, right, providing restoration for us of that unbroken communion. That there's one day, there's one day, one day I'm going to stand face to face with God in complete unbroken communion, just like the first man and the first woman did, right? I'm going to stand face to face with God in unbroken communion with him. And I remember telling her like that, that's what your mom is, is going to, is about to experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, that doesn't make it any easier for us, you know, any less painful for us. But what was happening with her mom was absolute and complete and eternal healing. Unbroken yeah. communion with God. That's what she was absolutely about to experience. That's what she did experience, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what Donna experienced. Yes, you know, and what she's experiencing right now is unbroken communion with God, which is which is what I'm going to get to experience, and you're going to get to experience yes. one day as followers of Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's what every person listening to this podcast can experience yes. too. So that's the good news of being a Christian is that there's literally nothing that this world can throw at us <laughs> that we that w- that has not already been overcome in Christ Jesus and that we're not going to overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit and in Christ oh, Jesus yeah. literally nothing absolutely uh, thank you Jesus for that no doubt absolutely. no doubt so uh so I hope you hear that today I hope you're encouraged by that and uh and uh, appreciate you very much Carrie you're appreciate welcome. your friendship really so <laughs> you it's, bet. it's been really fun getting to know you and hanging out with you sure. and hearing you know i've heard all, all this story you know before but it's good to it's good to hear it again and and i'm just grateful for you very you. much well you're you're a wonderful pastor and you're very easily accessible and i appreciate that plus uh, you're a mushroom. You're a real fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only a person who spent like 20 years teaching junior high students can tell that that's joke. Right, that's that's a, right. That is definitely, wow, that was definitely a groaner. Well, listen, thanks uh, Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We're so grateful that you did. Make sure that you make sure that you tune back in next week. We'll have another, another awesome uh, and amazing and interesting guest. Maybe not quite as fascinating as Carrie Sarchet, the oh, legendary oh. Carrie Sarchet. <laughs> but but uh, but someone awesome and interesting uh, will be joining us next week. We want to invite you to do that. And until then, um, we'll we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.